This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. Yes, yes. Okay, it's Thursday. And I'm here. I'm live. I'm I'm in your face. I'm in your ear holes. I'm in your life. I'm still here. Okay. So, you know what? Last night, y'all, I've been doing some catch-up this morning. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? As the young people like to say, to be honest, (laughs) I was not watching the debate last night. So the fireworks, they went right over my head. I missed, I missed, I missed the smackdown. So I had to catch them this morning and um, I just... I was disappointed. So first of all, it was a brawl and Democrats across the country are upset about that. So I've been not only catching up on the clips of last night and who said what, but also looking at the reactions from people who obviously they're putting their reactions out there because they're trying to weigh in on the conversation and be a part of, of, you know, this, it's a deliberative process. You know, you watch the debates, you think about what you heard, what you saw, who said what. Um, did you like the way they looked? Did, did they seem presidential? But more than that, did you believe them, right? What, what did your gut say about, you know, Tulsi Gabbard last night, who she literally, she pulled out a couple of those, uh, what are those things? The, the um, so in the Avengers, there were aliens that came down out of the ceiling, out of the, out of the sky. They pierced the earth's atmosphere from another dimension. And they were firing these things that were little, it was like blowing our little human type stuff, not blowing it up, but just basically obliterating it. Tulsi Gabbard pulled out some alien malware slash weaponry and she trained it on uh, Kamala Harris and she let go. She, she didn't hold anything back. She, she was like, put everything we've got in this and let's let it fly. You can tell she's got a, uh, a military background. And I can't say that about Pete. Pete. I, 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 his last name is just such a problem. Uh, I can't say that about Pete, but I can say that about Tulsi Gabbard. Her delivery was cold. I mean, she was ice cold and she laid Kamala Harris out. It was like one of those knockout punches. It was such a punch. It was like, <laughs> so you go on Twitter during the debates. The, I got to give the liberals a hand. When someone do, says something that they like, they go into their meme cache. They must have a cache of memes. I don't know. And they pull out. So someone had out a, uh, the first night, they had out a Mortal Kombat image of one of the fighters. He could, you could, if you executed the proper moves on the little hand controller, you could make him fly through the air and he would just literally go straight across the screen and he would be kicking you relentlessly or your opponent. He would kick your opponent relentlessly until the opponent, opponent, crushed down to the ground it was like that that meme was flying on monday night or the first night and so last night whatever it was that uh tulsi gabbard had to drink or eat or whatever kind of you know vinyasa meditation she engaged in before she took stage it worked for her because she was she was relentless when camel harris came back with her response it was as if tulsi gabbard hadn't heard what she said and so she reiterated her epic smackdown and punctuated it with more icy cold delivery it was it was actually i thought it was beautiful because if there's one thing i can't stand right now it's old camilla i'm black and i smoke marijuana because that makes me black harris uh she she actually she was on the wrong side of a number of issues when she was a prosecutor in uh, she was the elected attorney general, I believe. She in in California, she had the opportunity to get people who were innocent. There, they'd been exonerated off of death row, and she refused to. She had to be ordered by a court to let these people off of death row. But then, on the other hand, when it came time to actually say we're going to go for the death penalty on this particular case, the state is going to seek the, seek the death penalty on a case where a man had killed a police officer in cold blood. It was a heinous murder that shocked everyone in California. She was like, I don't believe in the death penalty. I'm not going to go for it. So you see how she's wrong on both sides. So she claims that her background is one that she's proud of and that she would prefer to have people 
looking and listening at that. But in reality, she's just as confused on that old stuff as she was, you know, when she was having the extramarital affair as she is now, where her none of her policy suggestions would make a hill of beans of good difference for you as an American, as opposed to tearing your life down and making everything bad for you. So today on the program, we're going to be recapping the debate, obviously. I've already kind of launched into that. And we're also going to talk about some news of the day. Um, I have a couple of audio clips for you that um, one of Joy Behar and another one. Um, this one is fantastic. So y'all know I was pretty excited to see Sheree Murray throw her ring, hat in the ring for running in New York, New York's 14th congressional. Uh, she's running against, well, hopes to run against AOC. Well, there's another guy. His name's Antoine Tucker. He's a former gangster turned believer in God. And he's also running in New York 14 as a Republican. And uh, he just has been, he's a, he's such a delight to listen to. So first off, if you want to find out more about him and see some of, uh, of the other things that he's been putting down, he's at Montaga, at M-O-N-T-A-G-A on Twitter. And dude has a little bit something going on. In fact, let's listen to him now. Um, I have him on here as cut one. I'm going to, oh grabbing the wrong room uh here we go so i want you to take a listen at him the thing that you should be listening for besides the passion is if what he's saying is historically accurate and if it makes sense to you in light of the discussion which of course he's taking on the issue of reparations so here he is it's number one i keep hearing democrats talk about reparations i totally agree i agree that blacks should have reparations here's the thing since Democrats started slavery, since they fought to keep slavery and started the Civil War, since Democrats started the Black Codes, since Democrats funded and started the KKK, since Democrats started the crime bill, which locked up more black individuals than there were during slave, slavery time, I believe that the DNC should pay for reparations. That way, regular taxpayers like you and I don't have to foot the bill for the mistakes that the Democrats made. Don't let them hide behind any mistakes. Don't let them cover their mistakes up. And don't let them try to come around now and act as if it wasn't their mistakes. Since they want to compensate those who were affected by slavery, make sure that you also pay the white people who are the descendants of the people who fought to free the slaves as well. That's my take on reparations. Give me my money. Yes! So... He said, if you're going to give reparations, be fair and honest about it. Give it to the people, everyone who was impacted by slavery, who was who was a slave, first of all, uh, or the descendants of those who were slaves, since none of them are alive anymore. And then he also said, instead of taxpayers footing the bill, because it, it's, it's as if people don't understand. I had somebody tweet me, you working against your own sister. I can't even call you sister because all you want to do is work for the white man. I, okay. I mean, if that's what you call me working for myself, I don't look like a man. I don't sound like a man. And I am permanently tanned thanks to the glory of God. This is just how he made me. If he made me any other way, I'd be that way. And I'd be happy about that, too. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any of that black pride or any of that garbage. You don't have pride in your flesh. You just be glad God made you and let you get up this morning. OK, don't get me started about how grateful we should all be to our maker for even putting us on this beautiful green earth with all the water and oceans and everything else we get to benefit from. If you have nothing, you still have Jesus if you want him. If you don't want him, well, you know, sounds like a you problem. I'm going to keep on moving on over here. So unbelievably, that, that kind of logic that he's putting down, you can see that all over the Internet. Actually, there are a lot of black people who are actually just just stepping up to the plate and saying, you know what? It's not even about whether or not reparations were owed. It's about how y'all are framing this conversation around American taxpayers in 2019 paying reparations for things that they weren't alive for. Oh, what? So if it's a black person saying it and, um, you know, he doesn't have the. So it's kind of a little bit of a stigma because when I come at the situation sounding like this, I get hit. Well, you just think you're a white person. No, I actually respect the Queen's English and I enjoy it. Mastery of English is something to be proud of. Many people around the globe are actually taking classes from Americans online on how to master the Queen's English. And yes, I said Queen. Yes. Okay. So English is actually one of the most difficult languages to learn. And if you master it, especially if it's your mother tongue, you should not shy away from that. You shouldn't let nincompoops who can barely string three words together in a sentence, people who don't know what an adverb is, tell you that speaking proper English is no good. If whatever, whatever kind of English you speak, you do you, but certainly don't think you're going to raise your little self up to talk to me about the way that I speak because 
I learned how to speak from my mom. My mom taught me how to talk, as most moms teach their kids how to talk. And this is the way it came out. And I'm not changing anything. Not for you. And certainly not going to be working on making myself sound more, quote unquote, black, just to make you feel comfortable with whatever you have going on. You might be mentally deficient. Why should I be working for you? Uh, you, you said you don't want me working for white people, but I don't work for whoever pays if, if it's the job that I want to do and the contract sounds right. How about that? So that tangent brought to you by Righteously American Stacy on the right. So what, what, what did we see last night? I mean, it was just, in my opinion, a train wreck. And the, the problem, the main problem that I see with the way the Democrats are approaching the debates and their arguments with each other and this entire campaign is they think if they can just convince enough Americans to hate Donald Trump the same way they do, that Americans will ignore the big elephant in the room. And yes, I used elephant on purpose, besides the fact that it's a proper analogy. Well, on that English thing, I already told you. I'm talking about the economy. The economy is so good. It's so smoking hot. It's so awesome. It's raining down such fire that Democrats won't even mention it. They're not even going to bring it up. They're going to act like that bonus you just got, that didn't happen. They're going to act like your 401k growing is not a thing. They're going to behave as if that vacation you took or that, you know, life goal that you're saving up for for the first time or the fact that maybe you were doing fine during the Obama years but now you're really flourishing or if nothing else maybe everything is just copacetic it's just the status quo you haven't lost any money and you're making a little bit more but it's nothing to write home about that in and of itself you better get those hands up and praise the Lord that is wonderful remember we were told by President Obama that 1.7 GDP was the new norm And now we have two and three and 3.5% quarters and we're hitting on those and just we're like coasting through it like we've forgotten that President Obama was a thing. Yes, I said it. He was a horrible thing. So at this stage, right, even the Wall Street Journal, they had a uh, article out entitled 99, the 99% get a bigger raise. The 99% get a bigger raise. And we're, I'm sorry, say what? Because I don't think the Democrats heard you when you said 99%, the 99%, to use OWS lingo. They got a bigger raise. So it's an old-fashioned editorial using facts and reason to make the case instead of emotional rhetoric, rhetoric, taunts, insults to the president about his personal appearance. The best economy in 50 years has been the swelling of the sea that has lifted everyone. Using data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the journal says, I quote, worker wages are growing much faster than previously reported. Employee compensation rose 4.5% in 2017, 5% in 2018, and 3.4% in the first six months of 2019. So if you're not getting some of that, you need to be, you know, gingerly approaching the conversation with your employer. You need to be on you know, LinkedIn and Indeed.com and, you know, whatever your favorite uh, website is, you need to reach back out to your headhunter, dust your resume off, because if you're not experiencing wage increases, then you may be in a, you know, stagnant position at your company. And it's just worth dusting your resume off and taking a look around, you know, peek, just just raise your head up above the cubicle or, you know, peek your head out of your office door, or maybe you work in a vehicle or a truck, maybe you're in sales, whatever you're doing, just take a just take a pause and devote put a pencil in on your schedule. Uh, maybe if not for this week, because you know the schedule for this week you probably made last week. So next week's schedule, find yourself an hour or two in your spare time or lunch to take a look around online and see. First of all, am I being compensated at at the market rate? And second of all, you just reassess. And and maybe you're fine without getting a raise in these numbers, 4.5% in 2017, 5% in 2018, 3.4% this year. You might be in a position where your benefits are so good and your work environment is so fantastic that you don't need the, these numbers, your raise, whatever you got was good enough because you count the cost and you're good. More power to you. Come on. You, you work that. That's what I'm talking about. Adults can make those kinds of decisions. People whose synapses fire at an appropriate rate or faster can make those kinds of decisions. The people who can't make these kinds of decisions are the emotionally laden, drivel spewing, uh, I was going to say idiots, but I'll say people who are currently trying to occupy the national discourse with all of this talk about how Trump is a racist, he's so horrible. You know what? Be whatever you want to be. 
do whatever you want to do. Just keep that economy roaring. Keep deregulating. Keep putting those conservative judges on the courts all up and down the federal bench. And stay out of my business. And I'm good. You can be whatever you want to be. We'll be back in a minute. faucet running that's not a faucet that's a river rushing through the forest forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink what i can't hear you because of the vacuum that's not a vacuum that's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe i didn't know the trees were so amazing yep and the forest gives us shade trees to climb that's awesome let's go explore some more visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you to learn more about the forest and find one near you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council what if i could tell you that a full-blown wildfire was going to occur tomorrow right where you live. Tell you exactly which neighborhoods it would engulf and how fast it would do it. The first thing you would do is talk with your loved ones and make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a wildfire will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you make a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, Uglyville! Every ugly doll is unique. I'm Moxie. Bobo. Wait. Those close to me call me Slick Doll. Which is not his name. And every child is, too. They can be pretty lovable. That's why when you travel, you should make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size. That sounds pretty great to me. Keep them safe by visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Isn't that right, gibberish cat? (laughs) Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to someone who's listening from Ripley, Tennessee. What, what? Ripley? My aunt used to live there. <laughs> I've been to your town many times as a child. It's a cute town. It's a super cute town. It's one of those places where I would say everybody should go visit it. But then if everybody went there, they'd ruin it. So <laughs> um, I wanted to say hello, hello to everyone. Um, I, I'm so again, when I say Friday Eve, I'm talking about the fact that it's Thursday. Thursday is Friday Eve, y'all, because tomorrow's Friday. So it's the eve of Friday. So it's Friday Eve. That's what I'm talking about. So um, yeah, so when when we're talking about this, I want to give you a couple more things, first of all. Okay, let me just tell you a couple more things. Um, so about that job growth and the wage increases, the Wall Street Journal also noted that this is far more than the 3.1 year-over-year increase in average hourly earnings that the Labor Department's job report showed for June. The reason for the disparity may be that employers are hiring millions of younger, lower-income workers, which may be depressing average hourly earnings as older, more highly paid workers retire. One more thing, the savings rate. 
The personal savings rate is 8.1%, which was higher than the 5% before the last two recessions, which should make the current economic expansion more durable since consumption isn't being pumped up largely by increased household debt. So what, what it means is people are making money, they're spending cash, and then what they're doing is they're also saving. So they have some money to spend, but they're also saving some. This is fantastic. This is what everybody's been talking about. And of course, whatever savings you have, you can always buff that up. I was, I always look at mine. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's only okay. And it's, it's been a lifesaver that I had some set aside for this particular time in my, you know, in my work life. But on the whole, I think it, it, it points to a lot more people having enough disposable income to be able to say, now's a good time for me to set aside some money for X, Y, or Z, or just plain old set some money aside. And that's fantastic. So, I can go into more, but what we'll do is this, um, this piece here, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure it's in the show notes for today. Also, I wanted you to, oh no, you have to be, so what, what I was doing was I was doing, I was reading from a summary, but this is over at Wall Street Journal Opinion, which means you won't be able to read it unless you have a subscription. So I'm not going to bother to put it in the links on Fireside. We're also going to talk about, um, the reparations, which I did have that audio clip in the first segment. So let's go to that now, because I want you guys to get the full picture of where Americans stand on this. And I think this is super important because it ties into how many people will want to vote for Democrats who are currently saying that reparations are something mandatory that they would do if they were elected president. If you don't want reparations, that's going to be a no-go for you. Now, in my opinion, what I always tell people is, look, you, you, you're going to want to vote based on biblical principles based on your Christian worldview. That means if you say something to someone, let's say you are are looking at a candidate, let's say it's your congressional district, whatever, whoever it is. For me, I always look at whether or not the person is pro-life. But this reparations issue is also one that I could kind of hang our hat on and say, you know, the person's pro-life, but if they're for reparations, eh, 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 no thanks. So 67% of Americans, let me go at you one more time, 67% of Americans oppose cash payment reparations to the descendants of slaves. So that should be the end of the conversation. That's a plurality. That's a number. Any other, uh, you know, issue, if 67% of the people believe it and the Democrats like the issue, they beat it to death on their different uh, state-owned media operations, CNN and all that, they won't let it go. They'll beat it to death. They'll say, oh, well, 67 majority of Americans, most Americans, you know, they'll keep on talking about it until you're just, you're like, okay, we heard you. So-and-so doesn't like it, but we don't care or we don't believe your methodology. Well, here it is from Gallup and we, we, you know, Gallup is pretty reliable. Um, Americans oppose cash payment reparations. So I'm just going to give you the highlights here. It was a telephone survey conducted June 19th to July 12th. So this is fresh. And the question was, do you think the government should or should not make cash payments to black Americans who are the descendants of slaves? 67% of the people said should not. 4% of the people didn't know. They also didn't know their name, but they answered the phone anyway. And 29% said, yeah, bring it on. Those are the hardcore leftists. Now, if you break it down by race, non-Hispanic white folks, 81% opposed. Non-Hispanic black folks, 73% were for it. But look at this number who said should not, because I'm over here in the should nots. 25%. So one out of every four black people has their head screwed on straight and said, don't, don't you try me. Don't you try to tax me extra to pay reparations to my own self? Because that's what it would be. Okay. Hispanic. 47% said should, 46% said should not. So that's an even split with 6% not knowing and probably because they don't speak any English. Party ID, Republicans were 92% opposed to reparations. Independents, 65% opposed. And Democrats, 49% are for it and 47% feel it's a no-go. Mm-mm-mm. Well, those are some interesting numbers. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, now back to the debate. And I hope you like how I'm skipping around here because I just, I like, I like going with the flow. I like doing it this way sometimes. Sometimes we go in a calm, orderly fashion. And other times we just ping pong around and it's super fun. Um, so last night there were five takeaways. Um, one of which I think it's, it's important. It's so early 
that we can't place too much credence on everything that happened. There were some moments that I believe will come back to haunt like Kamala Harris. There were some moments where Joe Biden, they'll come back to haunt him. There were, there was one moment in particular where, um, Kirsten Gillibrand rolled up. So they were standing next to each other, which was interesting uh, dynamic. She rolled up on Joe Biden and started hitting him pretty hard. And he turned to her and basically said, you used to go on stage with me and tell everybody that I was the best. You said I was strong on women's rights and women in the workplace. And now you're against me on everything and you're really hitting me hard. And he said, I just don't know what happened. Maybe because you're running for president and it was a total slam dunk. She was standing right next to him. So the camera didn't have to pan to get her facial reaction. And she was flummoxed. Use of the English language, dictionary collector, loving that word. Flummoxed. She was she was perturbed, y'all. She did not expect him to have a comeback. And so she said, well, you're being very specific. <laughs> yes. yes. She did not know what to say. So anyway, five clear takeaways from last night. No clear winners emerged after a very ugly night, which I think at one point one of them said, oh, you know, um, the President Trump is the only one who's going to be happy about the way things are cracking out tonight because you know, we're attacking each other. And then afterwards, Cory Booker accused the venue, CNN, of pitting Democrats against each other as if he doesn't know what a debate is. A debate is where people are against each other and they argue the issues. Anyway, we, we, he's a lost, lost cause. Um, so the second takeaway, candidates really piled on Joe Biden. Um, each of the nine rivals on stage took shots at him at some point during the evening. Um, they hope to materially cripple him because he's still the front runner, even after the poor showing that he had in the first set of debates. But um, I don't know. I I don't think I don't think that, that that it was impactful. Most people are trusting him based on their long history and knowledge base with him and the fact that he's. He's trying to behave like a radical because people are telling him he has to. But the fact is, he's just not as radical as they are. He has the ability to behave like a radical. He'll force himself, he'll shoehorn himself into that role. But then later, tack back to the middle because it's where, it's the place he knows. The middle or moderately middle is the place where he knows best. It's it's like if you're doing a job and you do that job for years and years and then you go into another role and someone asks you to fill in back in your old job, you can kind of slide back into that so easily because it's just what you know. You Your your mental pathways are already created and well-established and you can easily go back into that and it's almost like rote memory. You don't have to really think it through. And I'm not saying that because I like Joe Biden, but he is one of the more sensible ones in comparison to the crazy, the bevy of crazy that is the current Democratic Party. Um, another takeaway from last night, rivals did actually land some materially damaging shots on Kamala Harris and they chipped away at her a little bit. And she was, she came out of there. She, her, her ears were ringing from the blows. She, she did a little post debate interview where she said Tulsi Gabbard was polling at 1% and that's why she had to hit her so hard. And she expected as one of the, the front runners to be hit, but it was clear that the, the blows landed and she didn't expect them because she didn't have her dukes up to protect herself. They didn't glance off her arm. She didn't defend. They they landed on her and left her bruised. Um, she was muddled and mixed last night. And oh my goodness, uh, the questions about her flip-flopping were pretty epic. Now, I don't think... So for someone who likes to go around and kind of bring up the issue of race, like Kamala Harris does, to kind of basically make it one of her key platform issues... It's not it's not wearing well for her, first of all, because she's not descended from slaves in America. She's not a black person. She is a a African-American, meaning she's an immigrant. She, obviously, she was born here, but she's descended from immigrants to this country. She's not a black person, meaning sharing that same, you know, genealogical link like me and Ann Coulter do. Remember that interview? It was so good. You can find it at listen.stacyontheright.com if you missed it. Me and Ann Coulter just chatting about how she and I are more closely related than any Europeans or Africans are to us. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, so now Harris did have some good moments. Um, she stood up to Biden. She questioned his record, uh, but she turned out a pretty choppy performance and she spent most of the night on defense and that's not winning. Uh, another kind of winner last night 
if you can consider him a winner with his lying, talking about he's dating Rosario Dawson, he is not dating her. Okay. All right. Booker. He stood out because he had some viral zingers. Now, I don't know if this actually translates into a bump on the poll numbers for him, but his best line came at the expense of Joe Biden, who had just criticized him on his civil rights record as the mayor of New York or Newark. He was the mayor of Newark, Newark, New Jersey. He said, there's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Wow. Oh, that is so old school in a bad way. That line was Kool-Aid approved, earning an oh yeah from Kool-Aid's fruit punch mascot on Twitter. Later, Booker landed a punch telling Biden, you can't have it both ways when it comes to Obama's legacy. He said, you invoke President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. You can't do it when it's convenient and then dodge it when it's not. That's a logical common sense response. Although, what does that do for Cory Booker? He hit Biden. I don't think that hit sustains. I mean, Biden has to separate himself from the failures of the Obama administration, and he has to tout the things that were winning, in his opinion. Uh, so Democrats were united on health care in 2018, but now they're terribly divided. And that's the last takeaway from last night's debates. Um, I think it's important to note that none of the moderators actually connected Obamacare to the Democrats, and they never will because it's a failure. What they like to do is say Republicans want to take away Obamacare and Obamacare is the health care that people have. And so therefore, because people have that health care, it is the health care that they want and is good for them, as opposed to telling the truth, which is a lot of people are on Obamacare and they hate it. They don't want to keep it. They just don't want to have it ripped away and have nothing in return, not have an option in the private market or something that they can buy across state lines or any of the other things that have been so heavily touted, but not have, have not come to materialization because we just have a lot of lily livered people on the Republican side. And we had John McCain who sabotaged any work that was being done on Obamacare for a personal vendetta. So, you know, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, they claim the party has to fully embrace a Medicare Medicare for all plan that raises taxes and eliminates private insurers, but would also eliminate deductibles and co-pays and would make that last 10% of Americans who don't have insurance that would put them in the umbrella. Mainstream Democrats actually say the astronomical cost of Medicare for all would bankrupt the government and warn that taking away people's current plans, that it's a surefire election loser. And it's an election loser because 177 million Americans get their health insurance through their employer. If you want to see a bunch of people who have never voted before in their life and haven't cared about politics turn out, let the Democrats nominate somebody who says he's going to uh, put out Medicare for all. Those people will turn out and vote for. I don't care. It, it could be Boo Boo the Clown. It could be, you know, my mouse here. It could be this, um, you know, this Blue Willow mug could be running against the Democrat. And it would certainly be inducted. It, it would be elected because people don't want you getting in between them and their employer. It's already enough that your employer sponsored plan can sometimes have limitations and things. And you're always negotiating, trying to get the the best possible employer-based plan you can with your employer. And to have the government step in, it's just untenable. And people aren't going to have it. And I just thank God that this is the tack they're taking because I want to see President Trump reelected. Yeah, I said it. What you going to do? <laughs> I love the way people keep trying to tell me. <laughs> I had somebody, remember the first night of the debate? And I said, I tweeted out that my kids had burst out laughing at Elizabeth Warren saying um, it was um, environmental racism. And someone tweeted me, well, you should um, educate your kids so they're not so ignorant, blah, blah, blah. I said, "Ah, we are educating our kids so they won't be uh, waiting on you to come rescue them. They won't be living the victim lifestyle. We're, we're, don't worry, we're doing it. And some other people tweeted me some kind of insulting things about me having kids. And I was like, you know what? Even even the kids, but based by your tweets, even the kids over here with their allowances have more money than you have. So this isn't even a conversation like you are so not at their level. And these are kids. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to lie their way into the White House or attempt to lie their way into the White House based on the fact that this Medicare for all option is so unpopular. They keep their geographies off. 
This is not Great Britain. This is not Canada. This is America. We don't, we not only do not have similar population sizes to European nations. We don't have population density similarities. We don't have similarities in the actual homogeneity of European societies in comparison to our own. Because America, in addition to being individual states, we have regional differences, like in what we call, some people call tennis shoes, tennis shoes, and some parts of the country call those sneakers. Some people call, some, some huge portions of America call dinner supper, and other people call it dinner, right? So there are these, they seem like they're small differences, but they actually crack up to exactly what the founders planned for us, which was a place where you can escape idiotic leadership by moving to another state and still be an American. When will the Democrats get that? We'll be back in a minute. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food. Because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hello, hello, hello. Find out more about us at StacyOnTheRight.com. The chat room over there is jumping, having a good time. Also, um, don't forget to support us over at Patreon.com slash StacyOnTheRight or PayPal.me slash StacyOnTheRight. We appreciate all of our supporters and we are so glad to be here with you. Uh, so right now, a couple more things. Um, we're going to get to this. So there's a, another poll out by Gallup. 40% of Americans believe in Christian, or I'm sorry, believe in creationism. But I wanted to also touch on um, a, a, just a little bit more of this. It's it's an interesting kind of thing with a debate rundown. Um, so 
I guess I would ask any person who saw the debate last night if they felt as if the questions were any good. Um, and so in my opinion, Don Lemon was in the same format that he was in the night before. And I mentioned this yesterday on the show, if you remember, I was talking about how unfairly Don Lemon painted the president and he just didn't present himself in a journalistic way. And so last night he did it again. He actually spent all of his time where he got to ask a question trying to get the candidates on the stage to attack President Trump's racist rhetoric and racist tweets attacking Baltimore, which again, just for the sake of the record, remember Elijah Cummings himself said Baltimore was rat infested. And so have others. Bernie Sanders said it. Um, lots of elected officials, black and white, have said that Baltimore has a rat problem. One of the people was doing a, one of, one of the journalists was doing a actual stand up in Baltimore talking about this very issue, the rat infestation and whether or not President Trump was accurate. And a rat ran by in the shot and millions of Americans saw it. So this was, you know, Don Lemon. He's, his role was a, as moderator and he should have been neutral. He asked about gun control. Um, it, he he took just an attack that was not professional, if you ask me. Um, on the second night of the debate last night, he asked Senator Michael Bennett, quote, why are you the best candidate to heal the racial divide that exists in the country today, which has been stoked by the president's raci- racist rhetoric, end quote. Now, first of all, I'm going I'm to I'm come at you again, Don Lemon. No human being can heal the racial divide. The racial divide is a it's, it's part and parcel to sin. Just like we have people who don't like fat people. We have people who think skinny people look horrible. We have people who, you know, just don't like this person or that person or this group of people based on the color of their skin. It is not an issue for any president to quote unquote heal because they felt like Barack Obama healed racial divisions in this country. But did he really, when he said the police acted stupidly, did he really, when he actually ushered in a reign of terror on America's police officers that they're still reeling from it today. NYPD officers are actually getting buckets of water dumped on them as they walk down the street. And again, for people who think, oh, well, women do the same job as men. A lot of the women officers are the ones getting the water dumped on them. Now, thank God it's just water. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a lot of crazy folks running around these streets. But for those who think that Barack Obama actually did anything in the way of race to heal anything, where are you and where are your eyeballs attuned to? Like open them and pull the the scabs and everything else that have crusted up in there and get your eyes clean, not just visine. You need some of that, um, some of that baby shampoo. I don't know if you know this or not, but I had my eye doctor did this for me one time. I was having a severe allergic reaction and he had me washing my eyes out with the tearless baby shampoo because it's tearless. You can't, you can't feel it. It, it doesn't burn your eyes because it do, it lacks the ingredient that burns. That's how come you can use it on babies. The shampoo gets in their eyes. It doesn't hurt them. But you can use it to kind of clean out your eyes from, you know, basically your eyes are kind of covered over with the the reaction to the pollen that is is the thing that you're allergic to. And that's what a lot of these people who actually think that Barack Obama healed anything racially, they need their eyeballs washed out with that so they can see properly. They probably need their brains washed out with it, too. It's impossible, but they need it. Um, so, I, it, again, Don Lemon is spending his time propagating something that just doesn't. It is not a president's job to heal racial divides. It is not a presidential candidate's job to actually create race as a main factor in how people are living. I just, you know. As an aside, how miserable must it be to have to spend time with Don Lemon when all he ever talks about is race, but he's living in a relationship with a white man? Like, I wonder what that white man says when Don Lemon's sitting up talking about how racist all white people are. I wonder, does he just sit there and twiddle his thumbs or what? Like, how did, how does, <laughs> anyway, there's no understanding that. There is, I might as well not even try. So uh, now to this poll, 40% of Americans believing in creationism. 
So 40% of U.S. adults ascribe to a strictly creationist view of human origins, believing that God created them in their present form within roughly the past 10,000 years. However, more Americans continue to think that humans evolved over millions of years, either with God's guidance, 33%, or increasingly without God's guidance or involvement at all, 22%. So what's that Bible verse about that? A fool says in their heart, there is no God. That comes straight from the word. That's all I got to say about that. Um, the, they actually break it down by religious preference and education. I'll let you kind of click through and, and find that if you are interested in reading that. Um, but I'm, I'm more interested as a matter of course in just having just, you know, we're, we're headed into the weekend. Tomorrow we'll be having quite a bit. So I have a, quite a bit of things going on. I'll be filling in for Tony Katz in the morning. So if you're in one of his syndicated areas and I'm going to see uh, the list, I'll actually tweet that out. So if you want to listen to it, um, there should be a live stream or something you can tune into so you can hear me filling in. I'll have a few guests, a few of my regulars coming on on there. And then we'll have the show tomorrow afternoon uh, as normal. It's going to be kind of a busy day for me, but I'm interested to see um, how, you know, headed into the weekend, how the Democrats handle the debacle that was the debate last night. I, I kind of feel like they're sitting in their little war rooms and they're trying to figure out how to spin it. And they're probably in a really hot and heavy disagreement about how to spin it because there really is no good way to paint what happened last night. And guess what, folks? They apparently have 10 more debates scheduled. 10. Oh, it's going to be rough. So they were brawling. They were attacking Obama. Biden was stumbling over stats, phrases, and titles. Um, You know... He had a closing statement that he flubbed pretty badly. Booker said that Biden destroyed communities like his. Um, Don Lemon twice called the president a racist. And I don't think that it was the debate that they were hoping for. I'm actually, I'm, I'm sad that um, a, a poll is out that says that 49% of Democrats think Trump voters are racist. Um, I was talking to a friend who was saying that his wife had a friend from like grammar school. So she's known this girl. She's, she's known this woman since she was a girl and the friend, they've been different politically since they were adults. Um, and then when president Trump was elected and she found out that, you know, the friend on oh, my, my, my friend's wife voted for the president for president Trump, the, childhood friend who's a Democrat unfriended her on Facebook. And this, this woman was in their wedding. They have been close family friends the entire time from childhood on. And the relationship is now severed because president Trump is the president and they voted for him. So the crazy is strong. It's strong. Y'all we have to pray that the Lord would bring reconciliation. Um, in, into the lives of people, it, you know, I, sometimes I, I wonder, it's like, do you just pray for a blanket? Res, uh, do you just issue a blanket prayer like, Lord, please send um, restoration and healing and bring us together? Or is it that you pray, you know, if, if the people are willing, you know, or it, it's a tough one because I, I when I think about that, when I think, OK, I want to pray for restoration and I do sometimes in my mind, it'll pop up. You know, I'll think about someone who, for the life of me, that person would never be open to restoration. They actually enjoy the divisive nature of the discourse politically. Um, they enjoy it because they feel like Trump voters are bad people. They're horrible. They need to be exposed. They need to be shown. You know, they need to be put out to pasture, not treated with any respect. And they're enjoying delivering that what they feel is just punishment to people who've done something wrong voting for President Trump. I mean, that's pretty sad. It, it, it's very, very disheartening, but it is true. And some people feel like that. I, I think it's a whole bag of crazy, but yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just discuss it for a second. 10 more debates. <laughs> Big said on the, on the chat, uh, why 10, why are they torturing us? Um, oh, I know, I know, I know. I, I don't understand why we would need 10 more debates. Um, 
it seems like we could do it with like they could. Well, it seems like they could trim it down with maybe three, three more debates. Don't you think like three more debates would do it? Um, they, they, so after last night, they trim it down. If you're not polling at 10%, then you can't be in it anymore. That's pretty easy. Let's go to real clear politics and see how many people would be left if they, uh, if they, if they took that tack. So de- Democratic presidential nominating RCP poll averages show Biden at 32, Sanders at 16, Warren at 14, Harris at 11, and then the next highest up is Pete, 5.6%, O'Rourke, 3%, Booker, 1.6%. <laughs> they don't trust him. Even Democrats don't trust him. <laughs> and then everyone else is less. Now, if you go to Iowa, the numbers are a little different. Top three, still the same. Biden, 24, Harris, 16, Warren, 15, Sanders is 14. So Harris jumps up from 11 to 16 if you go from the national averages to the Iowa averages. Klobuchar is at 3%. O'Rourke's not even on here. And Booker's at 2.5. Okay. And then if you go to New Hampshire, Biden holds with 24. Warren is number two at 18. Sanders, 16.3. Harris, 13. So she does best in New Hampshire. Uh, Mayor Pete, 9.7. Yang 2.3 and O'Rourke 1.3. So if you just took these three polls here, how many people would you end up with? Well, you'd still have Biden, Sanders, Harris, Warren. Um, so you'd have those four. And then if you said you had to have more than 8%, you would add in Pete because in New Hampshire, he has 9.7%. Um, and then after that, it would be a little tough because O'Rourke, the most he has anywhere is 3%. Klobuchar is only, she only appears on one of the polls. That's Iowa at 3%. Yang only appears on one of the polls and that's New Hampshire at 2.3%. So it looks like it should be a, maybe two more debates, one of them with four people and then the, uh, the last one with the top two. And the top two are clearly, well, in most of these, it's, it's Biden in all three of them. It's Sanders, Harris, and Warren they're they're wow Warren's at 18 yeah so do you see what I'm saying like that you could definitely um squeeze it down to much more of a teeny tiny little group that's what you could do and I wish that's what they would do um so I want to close out on one of my favorite things to talk about and it's something that I work on on a it's a consistent thing that I circle back around to and in the last minute of the show here I want to say um, there's a piece at redeemingproductivity.com that talks about why reading your Bible daily is the best way to be productive. And instead of going through the whole thing with you and sharing it, what I'll do is I'll start tomorrow's show off with our encouragement will be this and we'll discuss it. We'll, we'll kind of unpack it. It's not a very long piece, so it's not like you're going to have a huge commitment if you decide to read this for yourself. It'll be in the show notes for tomorrow's program. And again, check my Twitter feed for information on listening in. If you if you feel so led in the morning um, from nine to noon central. Yeah, no. Yeah, nine to noon central is when I will be on uh, the Tony Katz Today program uh, filling in for him because he's out of town or some such something or other. <laughs> All right. Guess what, y'all? I'm out of here, but I'll be back with you tomorrow. God bless from the heartland. Righteously American, Stacy on the right.